right. Are we ready? You want to do this? Let's, Let's do, do this. it. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally, with a global perspective, and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today... Today. we today. got an origin story. We do. I believe... I believe we've got an origin story Sounds coming like. up. Yeah. Yeah. We've got Jonathan Lee back in the studio. Hello. Yes. Folks may remember from a couple of weeks ago when we had Brock on, Jonathan was also in company and uh, we just had so much to talk about that we wanted to have an entire episode uh, devoted to that. Here so I am. Thank, thank he, you so much for coming he back He deserves on. an entire episode. Oh, yes. Aww, thank yeah. you guys. Absolutely. What a great little introdu- re- reintroduction, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, speaking of reintroductions, do you want to repitch a little bit about yourself? If somebody didn't catch up uh, previously, um, who are you? What do you do? Well, I know Guthrie from way back. <laughs> and when I say way back, six and a half years ago. I guess. That counts as way back. Yeah. And <laughs> in, in our shorter lives, that's a long time ago. But we met on a bicycle tour, of course, on the coast of... Dun, 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 California. And this was, I want to say, late November, early December 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just about. Yeah, and uh, we were a few of the crazy peoples that decided to ride down the West Coast on a wet, cold, damp, late fall, early winter year. Mm-hmm. And we would meet uh, just on the southern edge of uh, Big Sur, California, and decided to team up because, uh, hey, bike touring is a bit more fun with a uh, good company, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think one of our first nights we got broken into by uh, raccoons. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh. And uh, my toothpaste and dark chocolate was stolen. They ate your toothpaste? <laughs> and a lot of cashews and almonds. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we biked together from the southern edge of Big Sur over the next, I want to say, week and a half, perhaps, mm-hmm. yeah. down to Southern California and all the way to San Diego and the border on December 20th, 2013, <laughs> day we finished. And since then, Did we've kept up. We've never yeah. lived in the same place, but you know, I visited Guthrie a few times, and he's told me about the podcast. Right on. You know, yeah. we've, uh, and it, despite the fact that Guthrie Straw is not on social media, and he's one of the handful of people that uses Google Hangouts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tw- Twitter. Twitter. Wait, I, I didn't I'm, even I'm know that was still Twitter. a thing. Oh, I didn't it's know still people a thing. Still had go- yeah, Google Hangouts. But if you want to get an earful, ask me why they could have and should have kept Google Chats around. But that's anyway. I I slept through Google Chats apparently. <laughs> I don't even know it existed. But yeah, yeah we used Google yeah. Hangouts and email somehow. It was yep. like one of those pen pals but yeah, yeah. in 21st century style. But we kept in like touch a... and you know, he's also a fellow filmmaker and creative and I've been really inspired by her his work at a uh, Film by Bike Festival yeah. which I got to attend earlier this year. Really awesome and uh, yeah, just thankful for our multi-year friendship and all the support he's given me in my freelance work. And just being a good friend. Cheers, man. Yeah. And Cheers. And what is your freelance work? Photo and video work. Right yeah. now. Primarily with uh, 
grassroots organizations, uh, entities that have a really strong social environmental um, component to it. Yeah, so I work here in the U.S. and in different parts of the world. Yeah, a lot of which is Nepal, Himalayas, wink, wink, foreshadow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my own. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so back uh, in 2013, uh, I, th- I think we've covered my reasons for starting the trip around that time. If I'm recalling correctly, was that's when it seemed like a good idea to take off work because mm. the summer's busy at a bike shop. Yeah, that's um, right. What started you on that venture south, and where did you start from? Oh, yeah, because it was off-season for you, huh? Well, I had just finished um, Thanksgiving Slaughter, actually. Sorry, vegans. Um, I had worked on a farm in Northern California. They do, like, a organic open pasture for pigs, chickens, and turkeys, and we had just done a Thanksgiving harvest slash oh, wow. slaughter. And I uh, just finished up all the turkeys and, you know, other related things, and... That was uh, near Davis, California, and I wanted to complete the trip by going all the way down to the Mexico border. But even way before that, you guys, you zoom out. Um, I had done work in Panama in Central America, and uh, a big component of that work was um, teaching and facilitating workshops with undergraduate students and some local Panamanian indigenous folks um, about sustainable um, agriculture and agroforestry learning about carbon and water cycles. And I realized that I have the physical sciences down, but I don't know anything about uh, food growing, despite my advocacy for like organic food and, and, and liking to get stuff seasonally. I just knew nothing about growing food. So when I came back from Panama to the States, I thought a really good way for me to kind of switch gears from that type of work from like my brain upgrade would be to go on a, a long farm tour right where on. I would learn from organic farmers and like homestead farmers and see what agriculture is like. And in the months following up to that trip, I was taking an online class on Coursera uh, on the introduction to the U.S. food system. And basically through that eight, 10 week course, I learned how messed up our country's food system is, especially in the industrial agriculture and how much improvement there is in the space of organic local movements to, to really thrive. So I really wanted to learn from the people who do it. So I thought, well, what's a really cheap way? Cause I had just worked a nonprofit job with no money left coming back from Panama. <laughs> like, what's a really cheap a way? A nonprofit with no money left? No <laughs> way. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, Hey, what's a cheap way to, to travel and really like feel it out? I'm like, Oh, maybe by bike. Uh, I've been wanting to travel longer by bike. And yeah, he equipped my, my trek and, just went for it. And that mm-hmm. that farm just before we met that I worked at was the last farm stop because it was coming kind of to the end of the growing season. And yeah, yeah. I, I learned a lot already at that point. And I guess that could adventure continue, that journey continues. Had you had a bike that you got uh, for this trip or did you have a bike that you had, had pre-existing? Good question. I toured for three nights on a different bike that only had 10 speeds <laughs> and I pulled a trailer with it too that nice. had too much stuff yeah it was ambitious <laughs> <laughs> it was ambitious so I thought yeah this is definitely not the bike I'm going to tour yeah. with again especially with uh, all the rolling hills uh, along the west coast so I bought a Trek uh, 520 uh, probably a mid 90s model and kind of read YouTube tutorials and 
a bunch of bike touring blogs and got inspired and got parts and kind of built it up just before that farm and bike trip. Yeah. Nice. Still have it. Yeah. Still rocking it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, last time I was uh, coming to the podcast, I rode in. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what on the trip? So a lot of people um, do the route in the summertime. For you, is is same deal, just kind of like shoulder seasons happening, farm works becoming less centric to exactly. that growing cycle. Yeah. Time to head south. Yeah. A lot of the summer, I did spend biking, but a lot of it was working on the farms because it is the busiest time for a lot of production farms. And I wanted to be fed good food and also learn from that time. So I really did a lot of the biking in the shoulder, like spring and fall and early winter because just the the learning and the work had to happen in the most productive time, which is happens to be the summer. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Big Sur's really beautiful. It is. I, so I went down there, I think it was in March of, is like three, four years ago now. Mm. Um, but was just amazed at, by it. And I was there with Brock and Adele, oh, his, cool. his wife. Yeah. And they both had mentioned how they were there in July and August and just how they couldn't see anything oh, because it's foggy. Of, yeah. Cause it was so foggy. Right. So what was it like in the winter? Mm. Good question. What I actually really have to go back in my mental Rolodex because I have been to Big Sur in all different months and seasons, oh. having grown up in California. Oh, I've right. done that yeah, trip yeah. a lot. But I remember no- late November, early December was cold and a mixed bag of weather. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And when I say mixed bag, I really mean like really nice, mild, sunny Days where I was just wearing um, like a what what Guthrie's wearing right now, which is just like a, a light long sleeve like multi travel hiking layer, sure, with like light spandex and um, two like torrential windy rainstorm battling the coast, and we're talking like temperature ranges between maybe like upper forties, low fifties to like. 70 in a day oh wow it's a big range yeah, yeah. but yeah. over the course of those four days i went through big Sur, i experienced all of that everything but when it's clear yeah. oh my goodness because the crowds yeah. hey the tourist crowds aren't there that time oh, yeah, of the, the year winter? so yeah. it's pretty quiet actually <laughs> yeah. it's super quiet so giving me some context because i felt like when we were traveling through big Sur, yeah there were people driving there but there were not a lot of people driving there. Very few in comparison, uh, yes. Y- you could easily have enough time to start counting seconds or minutes between cars. Like, I'm oh, yeah. imagining that's not the case in the summertime. No, no. I've driven, I've not biked it in the summer. I actually wouldn't, I think, if I had a choice. Uh, maybe early in the summer or, like, late summer. For weather reasons or for I think for the crowd. fact that there are too many... Uh, automobiles, yeah, yeah, a lot of RVs, and that's what I'm really afraid of, especially in those winding yeah. roads. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's so well, interesting. It, it, you don't always know, like the person driving the RV. Like it, it could be that they live in that RV and they're very seasoned drivers, Precisely. or it could be like this is their first time in the RV. Mm-hmm. The rentals, yeah, the rentals, <laughs> <Cruise> America, <laughs> and you never, oh, you never know. Talk about mixed bag, yeah. <laughs> mixed bag. Ted, you've been cycling. So were you in L.A. previous to Panama? Were you in L.A. prior to that? I had actually, 
um, just finished my undergraduate degree, and this was at UC San Diego. Okay. So although I did grow up mostly in Los Angeles, I was in San Diego before Panama. Okay. Yeah. I just gotcha. finished my degree and was kind of getting ready to move out of country. Okay. Yeah, a few months before that. Because uh, what, what, like, amazed me so much, speaking of, like, not wanting to bike in bike Big Sur in the summertime, um, I was actually really, like thankful that we met you when we did because i was kind of dreading going through la that's right like i we weren't sure if we were gonna like take a train or take a bus through like that decision had not been made i think when (laughs) when we had run into you hugh uh donovan who's not with us now is was the person i was um riding with in addition to claudia churn um so we had sort of like all i started the trip with hugh and then claudia tagged on in uh the bay area and then we sort of like that uh, that rolling stone down a hill yeah was gathered no moss no we gathered moss um i was the, a i was moss we're all moss um <laughs> it's it was it's a mossy more like bunch. A, a snowball <laughs> yeah a snowball you know, there we becomes go becomes avalanche i needed i needed the correct yeah. analogy um i thought we we're just going for something off the beaten path <laughs> moss. Uh, everyone says snowball <laughs> <laughs> i i should i should know seeing how much i like cold uh what what really amazed me was your deftness in navigating traffic through LA I think I never would have approached it in that fashion and like no I I loved it because so we get into Malibu and I think it was trash day and like there's no bike lane in Malibu and like every single you know 30 (laughs) feet or something there's a trash can and like I don't know I'm gonna invent something maybe a recycling can like out in the road but they're just haphazardly like strewn some have been blown by the wind and so like not only are you playing the RV factor but you're playing the like oh I need it's like it's as close as I felt to real life Frogger like I was just going to say realistically. That. Yes. Um, but yes. you were great because there was a couple of times where things got tense and like I living in Portland for the amount of time I have now, I think I've gotten more confrontational, but I wasn't <laughs> that way when we met and you were just not afraid to just like have it out with somebody at a stoplight. I, I, I loved it. I did. Yes. I had a few instances where I'm like, you're endangering my life and my friends. I will not have it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, that was, uh, oh, man, entering Malibu and going through L.A., yeah. I was I was happy to lead it because I, I was definitely more familiar with that um, that landscape and the, the way in which people um, take over the road. But thankfully, all four of us, no problems. Yeah. And we had great hosts. Yes, we did. Yeah. Because when we got there, the um, warm showers stuff dried up a little bit, too, but... We we had some some great folks and good friends who yes. were uh, willing to put us up. Thank the, you, David. The warm showers. Oh, the warm showers went cold. The warm showers went cold. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, we we might have been able to swing it, but it, it's yeah. just when you get kind of in that. I felt like we were in flow for so much of that time. Like yes. it wasn't. We weren't really having to struggle to make things happen. It was more just things were lining up and like of no choosing, but we just kind of were being guided through that process yeah. by nature of us being in that transition yeah. or, 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 or being moving. Um, I want to add that a lot of our first few weeks together, I guess a couple of weeks obviously was the bike journey, but I think a lot of what made that time so memorable was the eclectic host that hosted us mm-hmm. oh, yeah. through those times. Yeah. And of course the great camping, uh, but we had, warm showers friends you know last minute kind of couch requests and uh you know i had 
I don't know if this is with you or without you, but I had people as old as like 70 some year old retired mm-hmm. to like, you know, the 19, 20 year old hosting us. And it was just really fun to meet more of, um, just a diversity of, of people out there, you know, who are just mm-hmm. really selfless and giving and generous. Mm-hmm. You've got a story. If you, if you feel like sharing it on air about a host from Garberville, if I remember correctly. Oh gosh. Am I going to do it here? If you want. Yeah. No pressure. Um, <laughs> I was recently down in Garberville doing a more oh. dedicated trip to the, to the Redwoods and I, I didn't look them up, but I, you, it made me think of them. Yeah. So I remember the man's name being Sam. I forget the, his wife's name. Do you remember Guthrie? I don't know. It, goodness, they're a retired couple. They're pro, they're likely in their seventies when we met them. They could be older now, but they live in this nearly off grid house in uh, the town of Gabriville, off the one hundred and one in Northern California. And Gabriville is in Mendocino County, which some folks uh, this show would know that it's in the Green Triangle of Northern California. And this is, you know, this is a number of years ago before um, the widespread legalization of marijuana and recreational use oh, and all that stuff. So That green triangle. That's yeah. correct. <laughs> that's correct, my friend. Yeah. And I remember just being hosted by Sam and his lovely wife, and they actually had to pick us up from um, the town. Mm-hmm. And we had offered to bike up to the house, just not wanting to take up too much of their time and resources. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I'm way out there in the bush. We have like some 30% grades, dirt trails. You can't ride up here. Like you'd be pushing your bike for like five miles. So he took two trips, right, to pick up all of us and our bikes and our panniers and all the stuff. And he just did it with such grace and, um, you know, such such patience. And when we're up there at his house, relaxing and talking and getting to know each other. And and I think one of our dinner conversation questions was... um, you know, I was, I was, you know, having grown up in California, but in Southern California, not being exposed to the, the marijuana culture, I, uh-huh. I asked him really naively. <laughs> you see where this is going? <laughs> Foreshadowing. I, I said, Sam, hey, so, you know, you've lived here for a while, you know your neighbors, and, uh, you know, I hear something about, like, Green Triangle. Who do you know here? Uh, gross. <laughs> What do you know? <laughs> and like, just picture this with me, right? It's like old, older, really gentle old man. And mm-hmm. he just like hears me, pauses for half a second and just cracks up. Oh, ah! nice. <laughs> like basically like slaps his knee, laughs for a few seconds, comes back, composes himself and says, Jonathan, I think I know three people who don't grow around here. <laughs> <laughs> The priest, the sheriff, and I forget the third one. <laughs> but it's like these like kind of obvious stereotypical like, oh yeah, they live by the rules. They don't yeah, grow. Yeah. You know? And this is twenty thirteen, <laughs> right? But oh yeah. man, we just had a had a blast and they um they also have this guest book at their house, right? And they don't want like Hey, thanks for hosting us. You guys are so nice, blah blah not the typical they they really wanted to be like, Hey, if you sign this guest book, we want it to be like a story. We want it to be oh, something yeah, memorable. Yeah. yeah, we want it to be something that we can remember you by. It was really unique. It it was like the opposite of what you would sign in like your high school yearbook. Have a good summer, right? It's it, it, exact o- opposite mm-hmm. of that. You know, they really wanted to get to know all of the the travelers who come through their home. I really appreciated that. That yeah. that I think that really stuck with me. Hmm. Remember that, Guthrie? I don't think I had caught you at that part. We. 
I think we met like we had stayed somewhere close to each other, but we hadn't quite crossed wires yet. That's right. That's um, right. But, but I just remember you telling me that story because yeah. our experience in Garberville was much less shiny by compare. Like I think we were just <laughs> there and like trying to get through it at that point or something. Yeah, um, for sure. Before heading heading over to the coast, but yeah, that just that's that one stuck with me. Um, that's right. Garberville is North Vixer. <laughs> making my geography right. It's all good. <laughs> I felt that well, I was there. I was there recently, so I, I was I'm just there with you in spirit. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of that, so there that's something that I feel like is uh, not not in exactly that way, but is very common among a few hosts that I've seen who just really get into the whole hosting. Uh, phenomenon and we're talking like warm showers or whether you're just like the person who's known that when you know there's a bicyclist who comes in town like hey there's ted ted does things right. for cyclists oh, yeah. um uh russ i think was recently riding through russ of pathless pedal was recently riding through central or eastern oregon and he mm-hmm. noted um this fridge that was just kind of like when you know uh it keeps uh like popsicles and like cold water and it's the honor system so it's not like for free but yeah. if you know about this fridge and you're having a hot day like oh you, you can that's go to, awesome you can go to jim's house and you yeah. can get a popsicle or something just ride by and yeah. get your popsicle <laughs> exactly oh. so like that kind of stuff i um i'm trying to remember did, did you have any other hosts who sort of like uh commemorated because like i've had I've had the whole experience where like everywhere from like completely hands off of like hey here's where it's at and then like I didn't even see my host, but I'm leaving in the morning. Okay, see ya. Uh, to to like that entire like oh like tell me your life story and like let's let's have a good chat. So everything in between that, but those everything who um that's a that's a nice way to commemorate that. Uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. if you experienced any other like ways in which those types of things were um sort of shown to by other hosts. Absolutely, yeah. In Vancouver, in Nelson, in BC as well. In Seattle and Portland, along the coast of California. I mean, this is, I'm just filtering down to warm showers because I spent eight and a half months on the road and on farms on that trip. So, mm-hmm. I mean, not all of it obviously was cycling, but enough days where I had to rely on warm showers and a little bit of couchsurfing.org. Um, to find hosts to keep costs low and also to meet folks, you know, and it, it, my biggest uh, motivation was not just to keep costs low, but really like meet the locals who live there and, and get the scoop of what it's like to, to live and be there. But yeah, there's, there's quite a lot, man. I mean, all the way down to Southern California, I mean, the lady who hosted us in Orange County was, um, mm-hmm. you know, super generous and she didn't have a, a lot of time notice and she let all four four of us, I believe, in mm-hmm. to their home kind of last minute. And she was great, right? I, you know, when I'm, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this through, you know, warm showers and maybe similar networks or just word of mouth. But I think when I'm, when I really allow myself to receive the generosity of other humans and I'm talking to the right folks and I let my needs be, be known, <laughs> Yeah, often I am of receiving such generosity that makes me feel that, that, that faith of humanity restored sure, sure. feeling that I think we can all relate to and really cherish. Cause, uh, you know, there's just a lot of, uh, not so great things happening in the world, but back to the point. Yeah. I've, I've been uh, on the receiving end of a lot of selfless giving, no doubt. And I'm extremely grateful for it. Yeah. What was, um, one moment on that trip that has stuck with you that like when you think of the trip 
back then? What's the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> I, I, I hate to go right there, but I had to be honest. The first thing that went to mind when you're asking that question was the crazy storm that I encountered on the coast of Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, and tell it, us about that. Oh, gosh. Was this before you ran into Guthrie then? Definitely. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is in okay. September. Yeah. Um, I had taken a ferry from Victoria, British Columbia, down to Port Angeles, Washington, and started my southbound down the, the west coast, right? And uh, the day I got off the ferry from Port Angeles, and uh, it's really nice, you know, autumn, fall, not too chilly, you know, just a few clouds, a little cooler, but good cycling weather. Yeah. And I had known because I checked the weather up in Victoria what it was going to look like. And it looked like two days of like decent rain, some winds. And I think that rainstorm picked up some momentum. It was like sure. one of those like rare West Coast almost hurricane rainstorms. Uh-huh. Surely enough, right? I passed Forks in Washington and I missed Ho Rainforest because I knew that it was going to be pretty stormy. I wanted to keep going south. And I got to down to Ruby Beach where the 101 comes out to the uh, Washington coast. Had a really clear night, you know collected some firewood driftwood and uh had a nice bonfire right on the beach with my bike you know just like the most picturesque ideal like bike touring dream right and the next morning you know visibility is like 60 feet (laughs) (laughs) there's a mist in the air and you're like okay like brace yourselves (laughs) and for the next three days relentless oh no you know, you're you're biking down at 15 miles per hour because that's the absolute fastest right. you can because there's a headwind. So you're pushing up against side the wind. Sidewind and headwind. Yeah. And even at that speed, because the, the wind is pushing into you with the rain, it hurts your uh-huh. cheeks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You can barely see out, right? And you're, you're, I don't care what Gore-Tex or whatever layer you got on, you're soaked, yep. right? And it's 52 or whatever degrees it was. It's cold. The moment you stop because you're soaked... You start you getting start cold shivering. within like 15 yeah. seconds. Mm. Yeah. And we, we suffered that for two days. And when I say we, right, I started alone. I met other crazy folks like me who like <laughs> bike through that. And uh, we went all the way down to Astoria over those two days from about Second Beach in Washington down to Astoria. Camped in the wet, woke up in the wet, packed yeah. a whole tents and oh. sleeping back in the yeah. wet. You know, everything weighs like five pounds more. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like lacking calories. You're just shivering the whole day, but you got to keep biking. And you know anything hot tastes amazing. We <laughs> 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 yeah. have to bike on. Right? Yeah. Here's yeah. some hot water. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Sounds and good. all of yeah. us were like, you know what? We're not. We're not stopping in Astoria. We're gonna take a bus to Portland and find <laughs> the first warm shower service. <laughs> Bless yeah. you, Rachel. I still remember that hosting. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. So I like my brain goes immediately to that because it was on. Yeah. I was on survival mode. I'm like, I need to keep moving. I might get hypothermia. You know, I'm just like losing so much body heat and calories. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. at no point were you like, screw it, I'm going home. No, I was determined, and I think I it really helped that I met other cyclists that kept each other kind of safe and accountable. Right on. At any point one of us were like hey i'm not feeling it just like we're just support just egging each other on right in a good on. way and yep. just going like hey can we like take five pounds off from you hey like do we need a quick break you know what do you need you need some like granola bar banana just like helping each other out you know psychologically yeah 
Hmm. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot more than that. Bike touring isn't all wet and cold and mm-hmm. <laughs> we saw no, it. but there's there's something cool about what came out of that as well you know it's 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 your type two you could fun. focus well yeah but also <laughs> you, could, you could focus on that on that like the misery and like yeah i came through it and, and it was awesome but what also came out of that was this this shared experience and this Absolutely. this camaraderie i think is putting it way too lightly but just this sense of like hey we're all watching out for each other that's right and, mm-hmm. that's right uh this is maybe putting it a little too strongly but like that's how we got off the planes and hey. the savannas that's how we came out of the caves mm. you know totally yeah we you know there's a lot of there's a lot of like um i don't know social kitsch or or uh bragging around like being able to like tour by yourself cross country or mm-hmm. whatever right. but man when you meet those strangers and you're all like banding together i think that's where humans really shine absolutely mm-hmm. i am so with you man the the yeah. vulnerability to of cycling you might be oh, doing yeah. the cycling yourself but you're absolutely dependent on the greater networks that exist in the places that you travel through and without those you would not be able to do it 100 percent, 100 percent yeah, I'm uh, so I'm so happy to be talking about this with you guys. <laughs> you, guys you guys just get it. <laughs> Speaking of folks that just get it, if you're looking for a place where there's great community, great ways to get more calories on a cold, rainy day, yes. or just to hang out and look at a stick on the ceiling, our friends at the Beermongers on Southeast Division and Twelfth have some yes. great beverages for you, um, and they are. As always, each and every week, our generous supporters, uh, and apologies on my part to Sean and the crew, we forgot to say thank you last week, and we did have some beer, so thank you for last week, and starting with this week, thank you even thank more. Thank you again. Yes. Hey, cheers, thank you man. twice. Yes. Um, you guys rock. I am having the F-Bomb IPA from Stickman <laughs> Brewing Company, uh, a nice IPA IPA, um, and great label, as usual. What are you grabbing, Jonathan? Guthrie got me the Ex Novo Brewing Company, and it's called the uh, Plans Are All You Make. Sometimes when bike touring, truer has not been said. <laughs> you may not make miles, but you've made some plans. <laughs> Good choice, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are you grabbing, Aaron? Oh, well, Wildland put out a new flavor, apparently. Or maybe it's an old flavor, but it's new to me. Mint Lemonade. It's pretty awesome. Um, I would say this might be more of a summer flavor. Okay. That's not to say Is it, it's uh, inappropriate for now. Wildland. But. Can I see the label? Oh, yeah. It's a great label, by the way. It's it's a label <laughs> that makes me a bit like sweaty nervous because it's the Wildland, but then it, there's oh. kind of like a flavor yeah. on it. So <laughs> it's kind of strange. I wonder it's if like, they're, oh, no. they're kind of like, they're doing like a callback to, you know, hey, remember last year? <laughs> So it is their summer kombucha in that respect. Smokey the Bear would not like that. Oh, Smokey the Bear would put that right Right out by drinking it. Um, Yeah, so you have done some work recently with an organization called Conscious Impact um, and Foreshadowing Bike Tour Nepal. Um, Lead us into that. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for asking that, Guthrie. As some of you who are listening might know, there's a big earthquake actually a set of two earthquakes that hit Nepal in 2015 and it was hugely devastating and it claimed the lives of over 9,000 people in Nepal and India and surrounding regions. And my friends um, who I worked with in 
the organization that sent me to Panama doing international development work. They happened to be in, in Nepal when the earthquake hit. And uh, they, they actually went simply with the intention of trekking in the Himalayas and seeing the highest mountain in the world. Um, but because they were caught in it and uh, they felt this, uh, this urge to help out. And so they decided not to make plans to go home. One of them actually had a plane ticket to go back. But they did a lot of immediate relief efforts, passing out uh, blankets and medical supplies and other food and necessities. And they ended up making um, connections and partnerships with um, the earth building community in um, and around Kathmandu Valley. And also um, these villagers from the village in which we are working now. And uh, these community members from the village had an interest in rebuilding with natural building techniques mm -hmm. and materials. And my friends happened to be at a workshop hosted by a Nepali organization that specializes in earth building. Mm. Are so, you talking uh, cob or what, what are the components for earth building? Great. I'm, I'm aware not everyone knows about it. So thank you for asking that. Uh, we're talking about cob for sure. We're talking about ramped earth, bamboo, and earth bricks. So some of some people may know it as Adobe or Super Adobe. Um, but super would, Adobe. Super Adobe. <laughs> That's Uber awesome. Adobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, check it out. There's a, there's a, there's a great history with mm. earth building, and depending on which part of the world you're in, uh, it's been done for millennia. Yeah. And a lot of these uh, earthen buildings are still standing, and they have withstood a lot of um, the elements, earthquakes, right. floods, storms, yeah. you know, you name it. Uh, so earth building is not super prevalent in um, the part of the Himalayas where we operate, uh, but it is catching a little bit of interest and traction. So my friends were very eager to learn from Abari, the organization that they uh, went to the workshop with. And uh, when they connected with the community members, they decided, hey, let's, you know, we have the ability to send uh, financial and physical and also knowledge resources from the States and other parts where we have a network to come and help rebuild and um, support with whatever um, needs that you guys may have. So that's how Conscious Impact was born. It had been a, a name that my friend blogged under in terms of uh, how do we do sustainable international development work without pushing any sort of uh, colonialistic mm. oriented right. agenda. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, my friends and I really uh, mindful of that. And I think it came out of a, a really monumental need in that time of uh, huge need in Nepal and you know since 2015 the summer of 2015 and we've, we've been sending um, financial and physical and knowledge resources there to work with the uh, alongside the uh, community members to rebuild and now we're transitioning out of rebuilding and we're now also working on agroforestry permaculture reforestation and youth empowerment in the village where we are and surrounding region. Nice. Is that what you're heading back to in a few here? Yeah. Okay. In, in um, oh goodness, in two and a half weeks. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, you're looking sure at I your watch. Timeline. I was thinking, like, you know, like in an hour or so. <laughs> I teleport. <laughs> Ask me how. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm just looking at date. Holy yeah. cow, it's October. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turned that leaf over. Yeah, um, I'll be back for, um, gosh, my sixth time mm -hmm. uh, volunteering and helping out physically and also doing a lot of documentation with mm -hmm. Conscious Impact. 
So when you were there, I mean, a lot of folks are familiar with the trekking circuit, uh, familiar with Everest, that and um, like base camp, that kind of jazz. You actually took the opportunity with a bit of spare time to do a bike trip around as well. Yes. Yeah. So how did that get going? <laughs> oh, man, that was a journey and a half. Uh, that was three years ago uh, in the summer of 2016. And uh, some of you may know that in the summer in a lot of Asia, it's monsoon season or typhoon oh. season. And so it actually, you know, it, people don't think of summer like we do in North America, which is like, hey, like it's dry. It's yeah. nice. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to it's mountains. warm and hot. You know, let's yeah. do bike tours. Sunny. Yeah. No, it's like 100% humidity, you know, I mean, convert to Fahrenheit, like 85 to 100 degrees Fahrenheit and uh, just torrential downpour any day, but not all day, but like torrential downpour sunny steamy torrential downpour sunny steamy cloudy Uh, yeah Mm -hmm. so it's actually really hard to um uh i guess be a tourist in a lot of parts of uh especially in the mountains because it's flooding road washes out it's actually kind of difficult um so our project closes for the summer and uh because of the rains because we can't build with earth it's just everything gets too wet and oh yeah kind of kind of muggy so I decided, hey, you know, I want to take a break and go somewhere new and do something really radical and bike tour, you know, off the beaten path, you know, super high elevation. I love the Himalayas. I love the mountains. And I'm like, let me try bike touring here. So I picked up a bike in Kathmandu, right? I brought accessories from the States. So bike racks, my panniers, other accessories, right? Uh, extra cages, water bottles, you know, oh, yeah. the whole lot of jazz. And I, I kind of, I store stuff at my friend's house and in Nepal and I kitted out this bike this like entry level Trek mountain bike I think it's like a Trek 3700 mm-hmm. you know super basic yeah I bought a used it's like th- just uh, front shocks right just front shocks okay hardtail yeah I got these like two layer racks that I got um, which I don't recommend I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. The opposite of a plug, right? For, if we're being honest, I'm not a fan of their panniers, so yeah. it's all good. Not a fan of the racks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, too late. <laughs> anyway, love your love your car racks. I was going to say, their bike racks, like as mounted to cars, are yeah. all right. Yeah. They're right. on for. Anyway. Um, you can't do I, everything. Exactly. <laughs> so I actually took the bike um, on a series of bus, trains, bus, trains, up into the Himalayas in India. And started my trip there. Mm. But yes, it was in the Himalayas. And my plan was to embrace the the monsoon rains and visit a lot of parts of India that I've been wanting to check out before getting up into high Himalayas where the first set of mountains block a lot of the monsoon rains from coming in and you're in a rain shadow. Oh, Kind of like here, east of the Cascades and you're in a rain shadow. Yeah. Um, And so you're in the middle of monsoon, but there's hardly any rain coming coming through and you're in like you know above 12,000 feet and it's just like a high desert yeah yeah and i was going to spend like two three weeks on the front side of the himalayas and then spent the rest of the summer like month and a half two months mm-hmm. up in the high elevation rain shadow and just go yep the rain's not bothering me <laughs> <laughs> and visit um like dharamshala where the Dalai Lama lives and a lot oh, yeah. of Tibetan refugees live uh, and just be really exposed to the Himalayan mountain and all the indigenous groups and Buddhist groups that live there. Yeah. As you were um, taking those different methods of transit, was there a consistency, inconsistency, consistencies, inconsistency 
in how you navigated those experiences because I remember thinking like were there known knowns and exactly known unknowns well because during around or not not during <laughs> this exact time but close to this time uh, Marika and I were in India doing something similar on the oh, southern right. side was yeah. that the same year it was within a year of I feel like yeah I remember um, you hitting me up about yeah cause, well, I was I was down in Mysore and was like shit where's Jonathan <laughs> you know because you could you could literally take a train Huffing up and to where you were at well train and then like a lot a lot yeah. of bumpy bus rides and a few other things yeah. um i mean don't get me wrong the thought occurred to me uh, yeah it would have been epic yeah we were what what do they do it's it's whatsapp in that part of the world uh, correct so we were whatsapping a each lot other of the world yes yes <laughs> um yeah yeah so i no, i just because i remember it, our experience not that it was ref- reflective of yours or um similar to even in that but uh each form of transit not only had its own like way of approach but its own interaction with whoever happened to be running it and the way they preferred to do things like (laughs) there was very few things that were like that could be counted on to be standard and so it (laughs) just meant you had to be flexible is basically what i'm getting at so i was curious (laughs) if your experience like because you had to take so many of those methods what was that like for you I, I think uh, I love that you bring this up because for those of you have, who haven't been to India and South Asia, that is that is the theme. And you have to be ultra flexible and uh, be able to stand the heat and just not knowing what's going on and constant changes in what would be an itinerary if they actually follow oh. one. <laughs> but yeah, between all the, the train, bus, and oh man... All the delays and like postponing and canceling. Yeah, it, it was a test of my patience and my uh, ability to adapt mm. and also be in a very foreign and sometimes a bit of a scary environment. Mm. Yeah, but I, I feel like I learned a lot mm. and I feel like I definitely grew out of that experience. But definitely, if I had to summarize it, my goodness, nothing goes as planned and anything is possible. Mm. When you say scary, I'm curious what, what you mean by that. Right, yeah. Allow me to elaborate. So, as I mentioned earlier, the monsoon. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of roads that were washed washed out. And I had to cross streams and, you know, trucks were very close and it was just really muddy and, you know, really slippery. And I was pitching tents in areas where I was close to some mudslides. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And I went through some um, landslide and rock slide areas where... They were just allowing cars to pass whenever it was quieter. When the like when the the rains let up, or or when the landslide and rock slides were quieter. Like mm, for those okay. brief seconds, you'd mm-hmm. be like, "Come, come, 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 go, 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 go." Oh yeah, and then like yeah, yeah. you pass and you hear this giant boulder, you know, roll through behind you. Oh wow! Did you yeah. get a sense that that was more just like daily business, par for the course, or was was everybody else kind of on edge as well? I, despite my, I think, my adaptability and practice of just cultivating, like, patience and (laughs) (laughs) accepting what is, I think I was still the one that was most on the edge because everyone (laughs) seemed unfazed. Everyone that I shared, Jeep, a bus, a train, was just like, uh, what to do? Okay. You know? Gotcha. No one's, like, bitching, complaining. No one's standing up and voicing their opinions. They're just accepting all that is hmm. yeah and sure some people were looking a little bit like oh, i'm running behind or like how long are we gonna wait but overall there was this feeling of like acceptance mm-hmm. and uh i think that helped me 
Yeah. Kind of a grace almost. Yes. With that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and because I am on my bike, then there was a natural like curiosity from oh, yeah. people. So if anything, I distracted people from feeling more maybe agitated. <laughs> they were more like an awe and, <laughs> awe and wonder. Like, they looked what at their is... situation <laughs> and then like... saw that guy on the bike and were like, right. yeah, I could have a bit worse off. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like my own laughing stock and like a moving, yeah. riding, like comic show. <laughs> uh, how long did you spend cycling there? Uh, I, I, I didn't stop as much and places that I did stop was maybe just for one to three nights okay. at the most. Cause I really wanted to see a lot of sites and there was so much in the Himalayas, especially once you get up a little higher, um, to see villages and monasteries and temples. And, um, I volunteered a couple of times and met Tibetan refugees and people who are native to the region well before it was considered India, whatever that means. Mm. Um, that don't really associate as being Indian. And uh, the few folks who I came across who have a decent command of English, I really kind of just soak up what they have to be able, be able to tell me. And, yeah. you know, I was happy to also tell them that I am Asian American and their minds is blue. Like, wait, you're American? How can that be? <laughs> you don't look American. Because all they see, right? It's oh, on, right, you know, right. All TV yeah, shows the, the marketing of America. Yeah. Oh, so it was, it, okay. was, it was a fascinating exchange. Huh. But yeah, to answer your question more directly, I was uh, on the road moving and stopping for about two and a half months in uh, India that summer. Nice. Yeah. I would do it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, cer- you certainly um, got me curious about that part. Yeah, I again. definitely raved at you about it off, yep. uh, <laughs> off the record and yep. off the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well... One of these years. Um, Just pick my brain when you're ready, man. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Maybe I'll go with you. <laughs> we have, there's a few trips I feel like we have to go on. <laughs> it, t- time, we'll, we'll get there. Um, I'm into it. So, yeah, that's great. Thank you so so much. I feel like I that you've just told this wonderful story, and I'm, I'm feeling like so satisfied with where we're at right now. Cheers. Yeah, yeah thank you yeah. for asking good yeah. questions, you all. Cheers. Yeah. yeah, we are cheers. cheers. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, beer mongers. Um, as we bring things to a transition, is there anywhere that people can keep up with your wanderings and or uh, activities that you'd like to put out there? Yeah, I'll actually start with um, Conscious Impact, our, our, our work in Nepal. Uh, this is the this is the work that started as rebuilding following the earthquakes in 2015, and it's evolved into more than just that now. So you can find that on consciousimpact.org or if you search Conscious Impact on Facebook, Instagram, we're all all over that. Nice. Yeah. And we're, as I mentioned earlier, we don't work in the monsoon, so summer here, and uh, but we love to have volunteers year-round. And we, we love having volunteers of all ages and backgrounds. And, you know, the, our only requirement is that you show up enthusiastic about pitching in into a really selfless giving community and you know you're eager to learn and also learn from one another and teach what you got um so i'm going back to that soon and yeah consciousimpact.org or conscious impact on any of the social media sites and for me personally um my website is subtledream.com that's s-u-p-t-l-e dream.com and then same handle on instagram and facebook subtle dream uh yeah and i post stuff from camping cycling you know misadventures and snippets of day-to-day life but i do yeah i do i do shoot and stills and video 
um, professionally, and right there's a little bit of uh, behind the scenes there. If you want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> I do appreciate that uh, on your Instagram that you know Instagram is is kind of a place where people curate their lives, you know, um, and I'm sure to some extent that is true for for Subtle Dream, but you also post a lot of behind the scenes along with that. Aaron's like, been uh, so Aaron's been following I along. Stalk, Thank I, you. Stalk you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Cheers, man. Yeah. I, I want it to be. I. You know. If, if I may. Um. I don't want it to be a glamorized life for like a lot of Instagram influencers, just showing the best of their life and just like the glamorous bits. You know, my life is up and downs and everything in between, just like everyone. And you know, I, Aaron and Guthrie knows, and you know. You guys know I got broken into and, yeah. you know, it's been a big part of my life this this part this past month. And I want to showcase that because it is something that I face and you know, human emotions are very real. But the highs are there, too. And I want to I want to share that because that the joy and sharing joy is great. Mm-hmm. We could always we, we could all use a little bit more yeah. joy sharing. Agreed. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with us, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Yeah. Appreciate having you. Um, have we got some, I know we have some calendar events. We do. I think we do. I'm sure we do. I just don't have them in front of me. Ha. Well, we'll just have to remember. Cut. All the calendar yep. events. <laughs> I love, I love, I love, I love my calendar. Don't, the, don't ever use that. Oh, sorry, Tim. <laughs> the second Thursday of every month is the Joyful Writers Club in Minneapolis. The first Friday of every month is the San Francisco Bike Party. The second Friday of every month is the Boston Bike Party. Also, the second Friday of every month is the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also, also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. The last Friday of every month, ooh, the nonconformists in Baltimore, the Baltimore Bike Party. And the first Saturday of every month, the Civil Unrest Ride. Well, you know what is the Saturday, Aaron? This Saturday? Is the first Saturday the of the month. the first Saturday of the month, so that must be the Civil Unrest Ride. That it is. Also, every second Sunday here in Portland is the Corvidai Bike Club Ride. And upcoming Film to Buy Bike tour dates are Bendigo, Australia, October 4th, Grand Rapids, Michigan, October 7th, Coos Bay, Oregon, November 2nd, and Akron, Ohio. Keep it real, Akron. November 3rd. Yeah. And now, I guess we we kind of already did We kind of covered headlines. I'll soundbite it. And now for... I'm, I can just put that in yeah, post. Yeah, it's, it's digital. Have to We're play good. It. We're totally good. <laughs> I was like scrambling. Oh, I got to get that up. And oh, we do wait. have some mail, but we're going to cover it next week. Oh, we are? Are we? Do you have it? I, I have, oh, I have well, one... One piece of mail. Oh, perfect. Here. Well, let's cover our mail then. Yes, because I think this is worth covering. We did, we did preempt it last week, so I, oh, totally. I think all the more reason we should cover it this week. By all means. All right. We'll let Jonathan come in and slam the door here. Kapow. You're good. Hit it. We'll cut it. There we go. Yeah. See. All right. Getting the hang of it. Dynamic entry. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, my ears. <laughs> Ready? We got mail. Hey, we got mail. Okay, so this comes to us from Jay Leco 
furniture maker. Oh, yes. Okay, <laughs> I'm caught up now. It says, first chance I've had to follow up on a few items in a while. So right to it, one, Aaron, welcome to the fold. Uh, Air quotes. Uh-huh. Our... You need to post a picture of your Brompton, <laughs> which I I do on yeah, our Instagram wait, because Brompton's oh because uh, Brompton's fold. Uh, I yeah, get it. there you go. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> I love you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, I you need to post a picture of your Brompton. I want to see what it's like. Mm-hmm. And let's let's talk setup. Yeah. Um, number two to address Guthrie's gripe from a few episodes ago. Do you know what this gripe is about? You know, says, I forgot, which probably means it wasn't gripe. To, <laughs> it wasn't a good gripe to have. <laughs> well, you know, you you exercised it's true. the gripe, and yeah. now it's gone. Out of my don't system. Think about it anymore. But yeah. let's bring it back for me. It says I ru- I routinely complain to my wife and anyone else who listen that people drive too fast, especially first thing in the morning. What's the rush? We're all headed to work. Do you love your job so much that you're willing to put yourself and anyone else? Around you at risk? Most indicator says no. Preach. No, <laughs> <laughs> and but he makes another point which I honestly think is is maybe more accurate. He says perhaps we are insecure in our positions and feel we have to beat everyone else to the desk. It's not like the entire operation will cease function if you don't arrive first. It won't. But I think there is that that mm. sense of like insecurity. Mm-hmm. That that drives that need to get to work. That drives faster. that need. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Uh, yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> or pun pun post intended. Can uh-huh. I say like it wasn't intentional, but now that it's there, I really am glad it's there. Let it be known. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe all folks who are, you know, in, in the throes of that need to get to work aggressively should just go take a bus trip in India and just relax. <laughs> Just relax. Experience it You'll get real. there when you get there. It's totally fine. Uh, oh. Work, and, works for know, billions of people. Here's the thing. Literally. You don't even have to go all the way to India. It's true. You can just go to Mexico. You don't even have to go all the way to Mexico. You, you, could, you, could, you could just go the speed limit to work. You could just go to work <laughs> slower. Oh. So, Thank so you, a Jay. coworker of mine, uh, <laughs> their car broke down and they couldn't make it to work. And I was not in a good mood at the time I, I heard this news and I didn't I didn't react with as much charity I think as this person deserved. Mm. But I I then mentioned that I had five flats in the last couple of years in, in which I was on my way to work and I flat tired. Mm-hmm. And and I said Do you, did you notice that I had these flats? No, because oh. <laughs> I made time for that already. Built it in. Oh. Yep. Yeah, I mean that and like. So if you're at work a little bit early, great. Relax, chill out. Yeah. But you can build that time in so that maybe if something goes wrong, you can be to work on time. Also, it's just work. Chill out. Yeah. Uh yeah, thanks for writing in. <laughs> yeah, there's there's my two cents. Number three. <laughs> Number three. He says, Happy to report that Avenue of Giants was a fantastic ride. That's right. 
managed to ride from Fort Myers or from Myers Flat to Fortuna mm-hmm. in about 5.5 hours, despite my wife's initial fears. For her, it was a, her first real tour slash ride, and she did great. Go her. Only walked her bike up two of the hills near Redcrest. Well, when you walk in Avenue of the Giants, you just get more amazing woods. Yeah. 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 No doubt. That's great. Myers Flats is one of my favorite spots. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The campground there is awesome. It's my favorite in that area. Hey. Yeah. I always call it Elk Flat because I'm like, that's where the elk are. <laughs> uh, swell. Well, thank yeah. you for writing yeah, in. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and for sharing He mentions the that the stretch on 101 from Avenue to Fortuna was a little was a little rough. Yeah. Cars and trucks whizzing by 65 miles an hour. Yeah. I can see that. What's the shoulder like over there? Do you remember? It varies. Yeah. It varies. It's there, but... It does feel close sometimes. It's not inspiring. Yeah. Cool. I didn't realize also, um, he did these by Brompton. Hey. Oh, man. Now, Jay, you definitely have to post pictures. <laughs> Aaron wants oh. you on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come over. Swing on by. You can you can sleep on my air mattress. <laughs> you can sleep on my air mattress. <laughs> They're fighting for it to host you. <laughs> CCS both. <laughs> we'll see who gets it first. Oh. The Sprocket Podcast at gmail.com slash air mattress. Speaking of air mattresses, are we ready to I air mattress on out of here? Sure. <laughs> That was terrible. <laughs> Speaking of air mattresses, are you ready to get aired up for this outro? <laughs> Damn. You want, you want to go for a third? Speaking of air mattresses, that's all I have. <laughs> Use that one, please. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Oh, wait, 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 wait. You know what we're missing here? More cowbell? We need a theme. Oh, yes. So, Jonathan. We're, we're reinstituting a, a, an old tradition. By listener ours. request. How and in what way should we read the exit? The outro. What options are there? Whatever you Whatever can your imagination. Mixed with whatever we're though. capable of reproducing. Well, our capabilities honestly rarely, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rarely come up. I feel like into, we started British accent last time and oh, ended Scottish. So Never awful. again. <laughs> it was so awful. Uh, I cannot apologize enough to our British and Scottish listeners. We've we've done uh, underwater scuba, anything in between. I think we did NASA. Oh yeah, yeah. that was a good one. I like y- that. Y- you're requesting a theme mm-hmm. for theme? outro. Yeah. In what fashion would you like to hear in what the outro fashion? read? You can request vanilla. That's we won't fault you for that. Could it be something seasonal. Sh- sure. Are we gonna like shake pumpkin spice on ourselves? And Dude, then that's read exactly it? the words that's in my head. <laughs> We're gonna go with that. Something seasonal: fall, autumn, pumpkin spice, cinnamon lattes. Already seasonal. It is October. It's true. Uh, okay, I've, squash is in there too. I've. I was thinking more like. Because it's Halloween. Ooh. Spirit of Halloween. Perhaps. Well, we could mix it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Could okay. go full Harvest Festival on this outro. I'm I'm cool with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do this. All right. Cue it up. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. 
The Squashix broadcast is produced <laughs> at Stream Phoenix Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Se- Seasons. <laughs> Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to the squashist podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Gord or text 2503-847-9774. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter these, in the Insta. these fingers as if anyone can <laughs> oh, see Oh, yeah, this. it helps. Yeah. Twitter in the Insta pumpkin at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan Jelaine for our theme music. Hurt bird for our headlines, corn sounder. <laughs> pumpkin, pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin sounder. Marcus Norman... For our graphic design. And pumpkin. thanks to our seeding donors. <laughs> Shadowfoot, Katharina Melamgard. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wisinski. Tim Mooney. Oh, nice. Glenn Kubish. Matt Kelly. Eric Wise. <laughs> Todd Parker. Dan Gephardt. Who's a time traveler? Dave knows. Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson, JP, P for pumpkin, Culey, <laughs> Peanut pumpkin, pumpkin. Butter Jar Matt, Mark Although, Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. It's fall there already. Anna, I will be hunting you soon. <laughs> Andre Johnson, King of Division, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who is haunting right ah, next ah, to me? Ah, ah, pumpkin, Aaron pumpkin. Green, <laughs> <author of laughs> we were like sons, and founder of the Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Poulton, Chris Rossin, Rory in Michigan. Michael Flournoy Jeremy Kitchen David Belay Tim Coleman Harry Hugo EJ Finneran Brad Hipwell Thomas Skato Keith Hutchinson Ranger Tom Joyce Wilson Ryan Tam Derek Wagner <laughs> Jason Oftenberg <laughs> Microcosm Publishing David Moore Todd Grosbeck Chris Barron Chris Barron Chris Barron Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Brian Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Rooks, <laughs> Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cyclecraft. Philip M. Spartandale, no relation. relation. Mr. T, who's been a ghost here and never really left. Squash, pumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin, Bike pumpkin. Initiative, Kiwana, and Sarah G. Adam D, go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. And Greg Murphy. 
and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. <laughs> and go to bed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.